0: G'day humanoids, welcome to the deep dive, 14th of June, come off a couple of big group one races, lots and lots of narrative there at Eagle Farm, especially relating to one of them in particular, which we're all very excited about, I'm of course talking about Tafane, or maybe am I talking about Brooklyn Hustle Curls, take it away. How much do you hate the horse? It was a question. I thought it was a very valid question. How much do hey, you, you hate Brooklyn Hustle? We can't say that we'll get taken
1: off the air. Love the horse.
0: Oh. How much Love. do you unlove Brooklyn Hustle? Um, look, it's not about,
2: like, it's nothing personal against the horse. If I ran into Brooklyn Hustle at the pub, I'd probably have a beer with it. <laughs> but to answer the question, as 21 Savage says, a lot. 21 Savage. You don't know that song that he sings, a lot, featuring J. Cole. The chorus goes something like, how much money you got, a lot. <laughs> how much you hate Brooklyn Hustle, a lot. A lot. Was particularly when we were on Madame Rouge at $14 and it just peels off heels and gets to the outside and I started to get excited and then I seen this dirty little mongrel, flashy little...
1: With Chompers of just oh. like steering very, very articulately to the what, what when they when they showed the head on, were we did it, Did we do a stream? No, we we're just on a Zoom. Yeah. We we roared, madam. Oh, we roared. We thought, just get there, and we and were look, worried about Odium actually because I yeah I was we like, liked Odium talking yeah. about Odium pre race and I was like, oh, please get past this sauce and then there was Craig and Brooklyn just. What looked to be a different set of grass right near the right near the outside fence there. Too good, Craig. Too good, Brooklyn.
2: Uh, according to PuntingForm. Com, Craig got to lane twenty-two.
0: Hard to do that. He was also the only rider all day to utilize anything wider than lane seventeen. One ball, one up right there. Uh, using punning forms, very generous. Um, software analytics software, lane, wider than lane eight, so lane eight and wider into the straight, was one to two lengths superior to the inside eight lanes, or inside
1: seven lanes, I should say. So it's given them a bit of a lesson.
0: Well, I mean, how many times have we seen Brooklyn hustle in a race where it's sort of running up backsides in Victoria?
1: Yeah, I think what's I think what's important though is the data says it, the eye said it that it was no disadvantage to be back and wide at Eagle Farm, right? Regardless and, and the, of tempo. And yeah, and the horse has got there in the last fifty meters. That's why Curly's always against the horse. Like it was utterly, it was a perfect setup for this horse, and it had to, a really nice horse to tow it into the race, and it had a, like a, an A-grade Group One big-time rider. And it's just got there. So, like, it's a a beautiful horse to look at, sexy turn of foot on it. But as a betting proposition, that was its birthday. It was also a 400-meter race.
2: (laughs) That's the thing. Like, the tempo, like, you know, you talk at this, it's an interesting one because I don't, don't, horses for courses, obviously, but I don't see a disadvantage in a horse in a back marker on a back marker in a slow-tempo race. They just get to run home faster because I haven't used any petrol to get up Near the lead, or you know, within a few lengths within striking distance before they let go, and this is exactly what happened here. Um, you know, she's got home in negative 13.6, she went out 12.5. Um, it's, un- it's, it's,
1: it's, it's unbelievable, What like, And
2: look, that's not that's a length, probably a length quicker than anything else that she's done as far as get
1: home speed, but they've gone so slight. So, if we brought if we dug up the old Valium Award. Who was leading this race? Dame Giselle? Um, T. Berry. He's won it. He's travelled north, taken the Valley Award home.
0: Well, I don't know. Race six was pretty slow.
2: Uh, yeah, and there's another great example. Race six yep. was extremely slow, and Sorry. Superium come from last.
0: Away game. Uh, who,
2: who we were on last start. And who I tweeted, is not a horse, only to have a Hawks Racing Stable employee tweet back at me to say that he is. And then she gets the last laugh Saturday and she retweeted my tweet. To oh, say, so
1: she tweeted you back before it won? She, no, she tweeted me back two weeks
2: ago when I quoted oh, it. Oh, good her.
1: That's outstanding.
2: Yeah, I give her full credit. Um, and then she retweeted my tweet again after it won Saturday. And I, you know, I said, I was right, you were wrong.
1: In your um, defence, the horses, like, overall figures, no, nothing. It's uh, The overall figure's nothing. There's it's never going to be anything good when they go that slow.
2: So no idea what they were doing. Like, um, I have. there's some questions later on we, we'll probably get to about certain rides on the day and things like that. But here's another, like, some examples everywhere. If this is premeditated, this is just completely, a bunch of jocks have completely misread the track, completely misread tempo, everything. Because if you're leading on a tempo like that, well, why aren't you rolling? Why aren't you Why aren't you rolling earlier in the race and just getting to the outside lane? So the
1: leader in this race was away game, yeah.
0: Karen McAvoy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you can see it in the data if you if you on if you got your puntingform.com, dot com. open there at home punters. I hate. It's it's rare that you will see a leader win if it from the ten. From the 1,000 home, there's a section there between the 10 and the 4 where it's slowed down. I don't like it. Because all it does is just let, let Willow and these types on the back markers get a little bit closer with more momentum. It happens all the time. If, if you're in play punting and you can see them like slowing down there, which I don't know where you get that data from because it's just a random thing if .com puts it up or Racing Victoria in, <laughs> in, in, in my state. But um, if you see the leader slowing, it's never good. They can still win and they still do. But it's a um, more often than not they stop because the, the the momentum horse comes with all that momentum and runs over the top of them. So uh, away game here has gone eleven three six from the thousand to the eight hundred, then eleven point eight four. So it's a, almost half a second slower. Mm. Whereas if you look at the other horses in the race, they've maintained more tempo, more momentum.
2: Indeed, they've done no work to get to get into the race, and then they can let down.
1: And you got to remember too. Sometimes those those uh, sectional times might might look like the the winner's slowed down slightly as well, but often they've they've gone like four or five, six lanes sideways, not not in a straight line.
0: Anyway, there's my rant. All right. So we've already given out the Valium award, but uh, let's discuss the the Group One. Uh, the Tafane or Tafane. I'm not even sure how we're meant to be pronouncing that. The the Stradbroke. Let's run through the feature, girls. Well, that was Willow again. Yeah.
1: He's had a day out, hasn't
0: he? He certainly
1: has. Um, uh, Look, I suppose... I'll start this. I'll start this with a question for you, girls, because on our our, uh, private stream, on our Zoom call... We were all of the opinion, I think even in run, I certainly was, that Rachel's King's like lack of intent at the top of the straight probably gifted Tefano the, the race. When you look back on it now, with a, the with a sleep under your belt and the data, what are you thinking? Um, I think that um, if she had a horse that was going
2: any good that she could follow, she might have been able to like, produce it. Um I don't know, but I can't knock it. I can't knock the ride on reflection. Um, I did yep. see in the steward's report the horse did come back with lacerations that um, looked like it'd been galloped on. I don't know whether that's an issue or whether that's a thing or not. Um, I, I think the horse jumped too well and you just settled too close.
1: Yeah, I think you, you might have said on the previous show, or well, you said it privately, that you had heard uh, like a key participant up there explain to her that you need to hold this horse up for one like furlong, it's only got one furlong in it, and it's a it's a mm. dynamic turn of foot, but it's only one furlong. And she was there to, to let it go, like with four hundred to go, which is two furlongs. And she waited and waited, and Tafane, who's a big beast, was just roaring up outside her. And She can't see that either. They're going uh, look, very I very think,
2: quick. And I think a couple of, <laughs> I think the key one for me on reflection, is that yesterday, uh, Saturday, she settled first four. The race went negative eight to the 600 the start before when it won a group one it was last and the race went out negative 1.9 she went out plus four so so the difference in in um, in early speed of you know is around about 10 lengths quicker to the 600 and she was fourth right on that speed Saturday where at the start before she was well well back off that speed 10 lengths difference that may. That and being galloped on has probably taken that that final 200 finishing burst and hopefully putting to bed the myth that you've got to cuddle horses and get that cover and only produce it late. Like, yeah, it's set on it's... a strong tempo. It's, it's produced to win. It's got knocked off by a horse that's won an all-age stakes or something, like a proper, proper group horse. one horse. And she just got knocked off. I, the horse has gone enormous. And, um, you know, maybe there's something – to come out of that, of how to ride this horse, because this horse has been ridden stone-cold sober, um, or stone dead, all the way back, if you go back 18 months or whatever it was, when Bailey Notiff rode it dead and got three months for riding it dead,
1: because yeah.
2: he didn't get the gap you know, at the Sunny Coast back
1: when it resumed that time. You got I mean, a running to, and handling check. To, to back up your point, it's, it's only ever once run a bigger figure in its life than what it did on Saturday, and it's the biggest figure this preparation. By by almost a length. So mm. his figure in the Stradbroke
0: last year was uh, the PB. Mm. Okay, Kirs. Cool. So, well, speaking of rides, can you explain to me how Nicky uh ended up from gate 14, ended up rails and run and trying to hunt up the inside and the straight? Oh. Look,
2: the only explanation that I can come up with, and I'll never know the answer because James won't <laughs> Did tell you
1: me. get that from Scurry? <laughs> yeah
2: um it had to have been premeditated it had to have been premeditated and if it was you've cost yourself any chance of winning yeah the the pattern was clearly established before that race i mean it's only race 8 of 9 so so if it's premeditated it's it's a it's an error um you know he had a Sectional show it. You only have to look at the sectional times, for, you know, for those in that race of, you know, of where the horses were coming down the coming wider, and, and, their, and their last 200-metre splits compared to the horses back to the inside. Like.
1: Might have just been a bit of a really quick car crash where, you know, the, the better riders were trying to get off the fence and they thought, oh, shit, there's a spot there, a bit of cover. You know Maybe. Maybe. Maybe.
2: Um, look, it wasn't the worst ride. It wasn't. You know, there's a number of rides there on the day that on the in the race that were either unlucky or, you know, whatever else. I, I don't know why the Heroium was looking to go sort of settle closer to the rail and and that sort of thing. I, I thought I thought Bossy Gerd there um, didn't need to be as close and didn't need to be as close to the rail. I don't ride them, so whatever. I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. That's my opinion. Um, he's like, if I if I'm if I'm on the Haravian and I'm saying it's been murdered, I'm talking through my pocket there. But
1: look, like, it, it it possibly should have won the race. Yeah, and and I think also it's a it was a great race to watch and to bet on. And, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, so let's not worry about it. But it's not a Group One race. That like a ten is not a Group One figure, and that's what the winners run.
2: I don't know whether they can run much bigger. I went back and had a look to see over the last five years what the winning figures were. Ten point one is the slowest in the last five years. Uh, Tyzone went ten point nine last year. Admittedly, the previous two years to that, you had Santa Ana Lane and Elena, an impending winning in twelves and twelve point nine, but that was at doom and over thirteen fifty. Uh, and then the the year before that was 11.3, and that
1: was a horse.
2: I can't remember his name.
1: Was that Under the Louvre? Under the Louvre. Smerden. The Louvre. Yeah. Oh, back so right, anyway. I think I think No, I didn't back it. I think I was there with uh, Ruffy King. Chris, he backed oh, it. Yeah, I think. Right. He, Top he ahead. Was. So there's always a, you know, I think the
2: Queensland narrative is all about the Stradbroke as our, as our premium race. And, um you know, they want to urge a little bit better than what it is. It's a winter group one that arguably the Goodwoods a better race. So, you know, the, the program,
0: you know, not too far apart and whatever else. Who cares? I don't care. Well, speaking of premium races, what about the Q22? It was a group it's- two, but, uh, I mean, Zaki just... Basically, just followed up on what did last. Oh start. my
1: lord, lordy lord, though. Like, let's, let, not- let's let's tell the truth. We're we're on the zoom here as well, and uh, I don't know about curls, but certainly Rodan and I. I think Rodan, I certainly laid it just because why not at that price, and uh, like it, it was over pretty soon, wasn't it? Like he settled perfectly. you just let this thing ease through its gears, I, it, and I think you might have said curls. It looked a bit green, like it could go better. And he had, it could it, go better, yeah. and, and it hasn't been sort of asked for the ultimate effort. Is that what you're sort of thinking? Yeah, from? look,
2: I thought in run, position-wise, excellent. But I was just like, you know, the tape front joints, and um, it's just like, is this horse looking like it's enjoying this surface? Because... You know, after, I did, I haven't admittedly I haven't gone back and looked at it. Looked at the tapes from the previous run, but it just to to me I, to the eye it just didn't look like it was enjoying the firm Eagle Farm surface. And J Mac didn't really do a lot on it, did, did he? Like he just seemed no. just to piss in like comfortably. But I don't know whether I don't know whether he was that comfortable on the track, which sounds stupid because he's run a big figure. Um. There's not a lot to take out of this race. Like, if you look at – I think the – if you go through the results, uh, apart from Toffee hoof his hoof filler fell out in the run and got pulled up. We thought it might have broken down. Um, you have a look at the, the results here and, and have a look at the horses that have finished in order. Like, Zaki's beat Holmesman, who we thought has – you know, is he Australian Cup winner or whatever he was. He's won a good race. He Group one horse. He's ran second. Pazza the glory knocked off Zaki a few back and it's run third. Brandenburg and the Toya, what well, probably finished in order of,
1: yeah, I think of it's where like, they it's, sit, you know. It's not beaten much. I think Holmesman's look like best works behind him. But it's still yeah, got but a big bigger, and it's done it very easily. Well, I don't care about
2: talk of future bets and that sort of stuff, as far as he's the best horse or is he in the top ten two thousand metre horses, rah rah back and rah. Um Look, he's done it. He didn't look comfortable to my eye. I don't train him, so I don't know, but I'm just saying he's done it easily. Homesman's a Group 1 Flemington winner, so he's a proper horse. And, you know, the rest will just bash around in this grade and take it in turns. And he's super, and he's a class above them.
1: Agreed. Anything to add, Peter, there?
0: Uh, isn't it just interesting, though, a horse that's now had 26 starts has seemingly gone to another level since arriving in Australia, and so we're talking about it winning a Cox Plate late this year, which will be start, say,
1: twenty nine thirty. It's a real feather in her cap because most of them come um, here and have one or two. Well, I suppose it's had the two. No, it's been in long enough. Have a couple of good performances, often just one, and then they regress badly. Yep.
2: So here's the question, I suppose, not that it needs answering, but um, are Australian middle-distance horses complete dog shit? And these group two, group three Europeans just absolutely superior? And,
1: and, oh, and think,
2: Annabelle, is think Annabelle that, a free trainer?
1: Yeah, I think there's something in that the European trainers are superior at training like middle-distance horses. Mm, and yeah. we're superior at training like bull sprinters. It'd be interesting it's, it's it, not it, the horses so many of them regress yeah they come out and blow you away like the the Cox Plate winner
0: yeah i don't know if it's been asked of sir michael stout but i'd love to get his opinion in hindsight now he's you know seen his horse come out and <laughs> win a group 1 and completely kill a group 2 field twice in australia i wonder if uh you know where he had him in his pecking order in the stable so to speak mm Anyway, that's, that's for narrative discussions, which we don't obviously yeah, want, no, to no, want to into here. Don't want to get down that rabbit hole. Exactly. Um, race three. But well Ayrton. done, Annabelle. Yes, yes. Uh, race three, Ayrton. Tweeted post-race
2: that this horse still looks like it doesn't know what it's doing.
1: Uh, this was the horse I was talking about last race, guys. If you worried what I'm saying. Oh, God. If you're paying yeah, which... any attention to what I'm saying, which you probably shouldn't be, I was trying to steer Curly into this horse because we, this horse killed him. This was J Mark again, yep, and it was Greenest grass doing it. And and why, why couldn't they give us a fair price off the flat performance last start for us all to have a bet here? Is my biggest wasn't it theory. a
0: fair price? I mean, it was a dollar eighty five earlier in the day and
1: two fifty. Just throw it up and get get all the victims going early. Yeah, you but know? no one, no one's
0: putting up two dollars fifty on this horse. <laughs>
1: It's I was okay. hoping, like, we we declared this horse to be backable and a bet next start, and we were hoping off that performance we'd get that SP. We talked about it on this show, yeah, but and we we didn't get that SP. Isn't $1. eighty-five backable for a horse
0: that started at fifty in the previous start? Yes. Yes, it is, but I was just
2: hoping for a bit of filth,
0: Peter. All right. It
2: just goes to show, Jack, that no amount of bullshit narrative... He's going to determine an SP because this horse got beat last start and everyone talked about the bubble bursting and the pop and why was it favourite for the Stradbroke? Shut up!
1: <laughs> well, it's, figure, it's run a figure that is... Uh, what is it? I'm not looking at it off the top of my head. It's a one and a half lengths off the Stradbroke figure and it's done it green and it was sort of not asked for an ultimate effort. So well, it would have, it would have we, gone pretty close in the Stradbroke.
2: We talked about this horse... Somewhere on the on straightening is like J Max had to give this a reminder. So, I remember we talked about this. He had to sort of shake, he was floating this horse. Mm. So, I thought it was floating.
1: He's this horse is a like future star, yep, and it's a big thing, big thing too. Like a real nice type,
2: um, you know. Mick Price mentioned about this horse that he thought that you know the further the better. You get up into a get up to a mile will be better. Um, he sort of proved that the start before at Eagle Farm. I thought he was justified in his in his theory there. And then what we saw yesterday, like regardless uh, Saturday, what regardless of what finished behind it, it's all about the figures that he ran and and how he did it. And he's got plenty,
1: and he's going to be a, like a major player. Yeah, yeah, for all the shit that we give the Queensland carnival, like. Uh, Ayrton and Zaki will be two of the most exciting horses come spring, in Australia, and they both race there on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there'll be so much narrative and yarn about Brooklyn Hustle, who also raced there. You're not, you're not the best Curly, you know, you know. And then Curly, we had to lay the fuck out of her when she does <laughs> get to good races back in Victoria. Well, where She, she, no she won't be liable. Ten is on pace, dominated. She yeah. won't be liable because she'll be in the Everest
2: and all them races, so it should be fifties. So. Forget about it. You know well, what the um, best
0: part about uh, Zaki and Eton is? They're both gelding, so they've got nothing else to do than just run around in a circle. Yeah, that is great. Right? Yeah. Um, the,
2: only, the other big figure on the day was Knight's Order. Um,
1: oh, Wasn't that torturous? That was like a uh, sort of slow death for us on the on the chat there. Like- <laughs> I just don't know what to make
2: of it. Like... You, like now, here's a – we talk about, you know, um, gun rides on leaders. Have a look at the sectional times on this horse from the 1200 – from basically from the 1200. Like ramping it up, 12.56, 12.32, 11.64, 11.44. Yeah. 6 to the 4. Completely Perfect. put them to bed.
1: Perfect example. So if you do have punting form and you were trying to figure out what I was trying to articulate before, compare the sectionals of Kieran McAvoy on horse, whatever it was, and now go and look at Knight's order in race four, and you, on the left-hand screen of the race page, you can cut it down to two hundred metre sections. It's it's exactly what we're speaking to. Yeah. I
2: tried to go back and look at Vow and Declare's figure because I thought it ran in the Brisbane Cup in the winter and then went on to win the Melbourne Cup, but you it was a Darby?
1: Three,
2: no. It was a three thousand metre race of oh, some yeah. description. Anyway, so it's very hard to you can't compare them, I suppose, yeah. but. Look, he's ran a good figure. He stayed hard fence. If he had a lead and went to the outside, he has probably clocked the biggest figure of the day. Like,
1: yeah,
2: it's big. big, uh, uh, The sectional, the the data doesn't lie. The sectional time backs, times back that up. Big win. Backed up
1: the the the, the previous start, too, curls. uh,
2: Absolutely. Yeah, this, uh, you know, nice firm track, front run, and let them roll. Okay. There was only one other group one on the card.
0: Well, I was just, um, just ask, I was just going to ask, girls. Just going to ask because uh, there was a decent betting move for one horse in the race again. Uh, but we spoke about Converge after its last start, and how you just had to be on it data-wise.
2: I think the only error I made here was I underbet. Um, it was a bigger, it was a big overlay at three dollars thirty. I sort of could get it as low as a dollar ninety because I just couldn't find
1: anything else. that looks like it's going to stay. Yeah. Um, what what did the market see in Port Louis? Because it was one of the biggest goes of the day at Eagle Farm. It was four eighty into three thousand ten cents. It wasn't the only Kieran Maher runner that was well supported on the day. Away game was was heavily
0: backed as well. Yep, but this is probably the biggest. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's not as if this horse had a map or anything like that. No, I mean
2: that's. I, I was I sort of penalised it for the map, and that's why I couldn't get it anywhere near. Yeah, where where, where they were at, but. I suppose everyone does things a little different, you know, with how much they penalise horses and how much their maps influence their prices. But, um, you know, maybe there was – maybe that Sydney run or something that the mile V converged when he was probably a bit stiff. And then looking at the, you know, looking at the gap in prices between the two horses, maybe the big – I mean, and don't, you know, don't think for a minute that there's only one or two syndicates that are deciding the it's peasy. It's not fucking me and you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying.
2: What, but, what, yeah, what, did they, what did they see? The gap closed, didn't it, very late oh. and, and significantly. Um, even though Converge was still like, very, very solid. Mm. Um. Anyway, it's ran sixth. Um. I was too busy cheering. I was too busy winning to uh, concern myself where Port Louis was. But <laughs> best horse won, I thought. Um, but I'm not going to crow about that because the whole world was on it.
0: Question and answer time. Uh, there's been a couple of. Pretty decent questions, actually, this week, so we'll try and answer them as best as we can. Dickens? Two
1: emails we'll kick off with from Riley or Simo. I don't know if that's my dad, but it's not, I don't think it is. Uh, yeah. I've never really understood how a leader's track can become a thing. I get that the rail could be better ground, but shouldn't anything on the rail therefore have the same advantage? There's sometimes rail bias versus on-pace bias. How does that work? Cheers, Simo. He also had another one on the back of that was adding on to this from a punting perspective, how do you identify the difference and then bet accordingly? Who wants to tackle that first? Uh,
0: On-pace bias, sometimes you'll see tracks where the best place to be is outside the leader as opposed to being the actual leader. Um, So you can get an on-pace bias where you just have to be in the first four and run and you can't make any ground. So for instance, that might be the case when, say lane five outwards in the straight is no good. So it's the first, or or the reverse can also apply if if there's a certain strip of lanes, but a narrow one, the first horses into those lanes will get the best opportunity to win. Um, Yeah. But the best way to identify it early is just to trust the, the S P and evaluate, you know, if you see a forty one shot and a sixty one shot run third and fourth, and they're both settled rails and run, and it's not a two year old race or a staying race, you you probably can start to suspect something.
1: Yep. Mm.
2: Don't mind it. I um I sort of use um, grey lead pencils that I have on hand quickly. And I'll often just uh, get my little notebook and just scribble the SPs of the positioning run of horses when I do a quick review of the race because I I I think if I understand the question correctly, if it's leader bias track, why isn't behind the leader an advantage as well? And it doesn't always work out that way. So I think – I think you hit the nail on the head there, Pistol. The SP is as good a guide as anything for, the, for that. And that's when you're adjusting on the day. That's, you, that's when that's important, I think. Because yep. it's irrelevant after the meeting because you're too late.
1: Yep.
2: Um, I you think I you, can
1: make, you can make some – there's an edge to be had in, in articulating like the advantage in each individual race in a review, from a review point of view. Yeah, I'm but, talking but, about But it's not it's not enormous. And then it, it's also irrelevant unless that horse that was not suited is therefore you believe is going to be suited in the next contest. Yep. That's it. But I, I think a large part of why bias has happened, and this is just my opinion and I so if you don't I'm not trying to offend riders and and God bless Ben Mellum who last night Called the GWS Football Club and every player there gutless, and the West Tigers, which I love because that's his opinion, which he's entitled to. And this is mine about riders. I think a lot of them are sheep, and and the the way that they are stewarded from a young, from the moment they come into the sport, we've talked relentlessly about you know a, an apprentice will be criticised for the X ride whenever they show some like a in, like a tiny bit of intent that it. Even if the the track's on pace, which, which rider on which horse is going to be the one that that rides their horse outside their pattern? And if that horse might be second up, in the trainer, like we saw uh, Henry Dry stable, they just gave uh, under the tassels a barrier trial two two ago in a mate, in a bush maiden, and then they they tried to to win at Swan Hill on Sunday. So that, that rider was Alana Kelly at the previous start and she wasn't if she rode that horse with intent to the pattern of the track, she would therefore upset that stable and lose rides there. She she might have thought we were not gonna be able to win from here and she'd be right. But the stable decided. So a lot of the stupid brainless tactics aren't just from riders. They're probably more so from stables. Would yeah. that be a fair thing to say? Yep. Yeah. Like Damien Oliver Craig Williams, Mark Zara, D Lane, now Jamie Carr can probably do whatever they want. They could walk in and say, "Hey, Sheik, or ja- well, Jamie wouldn't be able to, but the other the four blokes could go, "Hey, Sheikh, I, I want to ride the horse like this," and they they'd say, "Sweet." But the like Alana Kelly, uh, Zach Spain, they they can't go, "Hey, mate, I think you need to ride the horse like this." If they say no, then that's that's not going to happen. So. Um, and then if it is an on-pace boss or rails-and-run boss, by the time they get into the straight, like Peter's saying, it might be lanes one and two and three, which are good. So the outside lead is going to hold lane two, but he's been in inferior ground for the whole way. He's going to slow down. Then one horse is going to get to lane three, but then th- the other rails-and-run horses, either have to lose momentum to get out and around, or they get no luck going up the inside. So it's all about lanes there in the straight. Yep.
2: How that occurs is... I think was part of the question too, doesn't it? Like, how does that happen?
1: Well, you, you, your you,
2: watering, sprinklers, track preparations, rail movements. Wind. Yeah, there's so many variables. So there's yeah. one track up here that um, the sprinkler heads are under the running rail and when they go in their sprinkler patterns, it hits the running rail so the inside gets more water, hard fence gets more water than any part of the
1: track. Um, yeah, and th- th- all those little bits of information, okay, but... What will then happen is you'll figure out a speed map and you'll bet accordingly. And then something else like that—the horse that you thought would be in the spot misses the start, or yeah, it's just All part, it's part of the—it's part, it's part of the sport. Um, I, I identify it. Have we talked about? Have you guys talked about how you'd identify it? You're talking about the SP curls.
2: Oh, I was just echoing what Pistol said originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you if you have a couple of races in a row where something in fifties runs a place and they've come at the same part of the track and Short of, horses short in the market to come to the outside and haven't been able to run on.
1: Yeah. So I think so. So Sandown... Sand well, what about down that Sandown on Saturday? It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But like we we're still... Well, decent horses could still make ground. Like we, we backed Comica to win race three, but we had a bigger bet Bubbly last. Well, I thought John Allen was a little bit cold on that horse, but that would have been tactics driven from the stable. This is where we want this horse put. Um, and then John would have had to push on three wide, no cover. so he took a little bit of cover, three wide cover. It's, it's a completely logical decision he made in run. The horse went good. Um, I think when when chassis kicked up from the coffin, that's when I sort of like stamped it as on pace. I think that's when the rest of them stamped it on pace. Um, I think you can sort of you can map post race map a, map a race. You'll start to identify a pattern on a day, but every single Distance is its own thing, particularly attracts like Caulfield. Um, like, there's three shoots at Caulfield, for example. That's probably nailed that question enough. Yep. So. Um, what was the other one? Do you want to do the next email? Yep. One more. Mm-hmm. One more. Let me just find it. Oh, there's another one just come through right now. Um, what's been the hardest concept? This is from David. What's been the hardest concept to get your head around that has improved your betting? Example, personally, not every winner was overs just before they jumped. I don't understand what he's saying there, by David. But what's the hardest concept to get your head around, boys? Losing. Yeah, that. I. I that's actually true for me. That it, even if you take, even if a horse is like. $6 in a $3, you are still favourite to lose. Yeah, you're always favourite to lose. To like contemplate, like, becoming okay with, like, it was, it was a great decision, well done, but you're still favourite to lose. So when you lose, don't, like, throw the toys. It's, it's, I still I still probably... <laughs> Tell
2: you what, try. I gave a bit of... I've given a bit of thought to lately. Now, I think... I think I could be completely incorrect. Here, but the best... At the best wagering syndication have left the Australian market, and I just feel like that the market is nowhere near as efficient as once was because of it. And fuck them. Hashtag fuck the market. Yeah. Like if I've done the work, I've mapped, I've done everything I possibly can, and I'm fucking taking six dollars and it starts seven dollars. Who gives a fuck? Doesn't have any effect. To to me, nor should it. Then the converse of I've taken six that started five.
1: I think also when you start to do it as much as we we do it, and if, I'm sure there's heaps of people watching you do. There is value in taking that six dollars and switching almost completely off from that race. Like did, my decision has been made, my bet is on, and then you can relax and your mental health and your you're your brighter and sharper because you're not just watching and watching and adjusting
2: yeah i completely understand the wisdom of the crowds about closing line value right and if you're back overs consistently you'll win long term i get the math right what i'm challenging that thought process because i don't want to move with the crowd i want to be contrarian so i'm challenging that process by saying what's the true sp now if arguably the most influential slash accurate slash prolific winning betting syndicate's not in the market and you've got others trying to emulate what they were doing, what is the right SP? Yeah. What's the, what, what is, what, you know, what, I hope I'm trying to, I hope I'm making some sense here. I'm talking about from my wagering, you know, from what I do. And if I'm doing the same as everybody else, we're going to land on the same horse and every horse we're going to back is going to be firm in the market. Yeah. And when I'm, and then if I'm sending my stuff out to 150 people and we're backing a horse at Dolby and it's not threes into $1. ninety, well, we're not betting enough because it's a liquid
1: market, right? So. What do you think, Peter?
0: Um, I think if you trust or you think whoever's putting up the initial prices has half an idea. Um, so in, in WA, for instance, the WOTAB has been reasonably consistent. I mean, there's still the occasional one that people perceive as being... You know, wrong, but they only think that when the horse wins. Um, I think if you trust the person or the bookmaker putting up the initial prices, that's probably not the the worst starting point. And then you can evaluate what the SP does. But I, I completely agree. I, as you guys know, we often bet a lot of drifters in WA, and really, there's maybe two stables that I would be concerned about if it's got a real stinky drift. And that's, that's a good it. Point. That's two out of the entire state.
1: Yeah, that's exactly – what I was just about to say is I agree with Curly that it's a lot less important to me now than it was, but there's still stables and riders that I am petrified of or or love the support, for. but much more I don't care. And and I I was thinking another concept that really helped me was you you have to map horses where they're favourite to be, not where they should be. Or where you want them to be. Yeah, wants them should be, and then you'll end up blowing up that they didn't go there, but they were probably always going to go where they went. So right. once I've just it. accepted that, like they are sheep, and and it's going to frustrate you, and you just sort of have a pessimist, a negative view to the map, and don't the opposite of forcing it. I, I think that's helped me win.
0: Let's face it, if Waller's camp is largely dictated by barrier draws.
1: And the that's a, that's exactly country. right. So how sheepish is that? Yeah, yep. that's the, That's the biggest, most successful camp in Australia, and their speed maps are basically what barrier do we draw? Yeah. So I don't it's, don't it's, try and don't yeah. try and. Oh well, he's drawn. He's drawn six here and four back. It was drawn three, and he did the like. It's just. Yeah. It's a deep hole that <laughs> takes a while to get out of. Yep. Dang.
2: Uh, yeah uh, the learning stable understanding the stables move is, is important if you I think Jack touched on this last week where you said where do we start and this is why it's a great start to start in a small pool of horses and understand start to learn about jockeys and trainers as much as you are trying to understand horses
1: mm. yeah
2: there's some great examples of local trainers here in my area that um, that that have started to establish a very strong pattern of their horse's run to Betfair.
1: Yeah. But also, you can set up your dyna- dynamic odds. So I'll, I'll have one of my layouts, which is predominantly Betfair-related, but you can see the total amount matched. So there might be stuff going on and it looks like, oh, this thing's out the gate. With like, from 10 minutes to 5 minutes out, and then you're looking, oh, there's been, like, dollars, $1,400 $1, matched on that horse. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. That's not an opinion. Well, wait till it gets serious. Then, then, if it keeps going, then then yeah, start to panic, maybe. But yeah,
2: yeah. Well,
1: yeah. any other questions, Pete? No, I think that's. I have,
2: I have one more a very important one needs to be answered. Okay. Do you give a horse an extra tick if they've been shaved down? That made me laugh because I was thinking of swimmers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I recently just sort of, you know, some kind of event content we're doing and you shaving yourself down <laughs>
2: um yeah i'm a chance to do that in the next stream <laughs>
1: um we'll see how
2: much of an effect it has um imagine waxing you that, well, um,
1: I've it's been, a very hairy organization in the mailbag really speak for yourself
2: speak for yourself i do have a little bit of um, personal care time every morning um <laughs> that i've dedicated to my routine um it's obviously a winter thing. Um, you know, horses get a hairy, hairier coat in the winter um, as a rule. So particularly in those cold shithole climates like Victoria. Um, <laughs> no, I don't give them an extra tick. Um, I do, although I did have one that pissed me off yesterday because it knocked us off, that thing of um, Henry's, the Channel 7 commentator that trains. Unbelievable. Uh, on the side. Um, he... Uh, <laughs> Oh, was, oh. so sorry you know what i mean um he had one that knocked us off that we back yesterday but it was shaved down so anyway no i do but thanks for the question i thought it was funny
0: i give yeah. them an extra tick if they have speed stripes sort of shaved into them not if they're completely shaved down but if there's like a triangle
1: or some sort of you know pattern <laughs> then i do
0: aerodynamic exactly
1: uh and daryl asks if sand down will be sold i certainly hope not but how would you know uh, hang on, there was another email. Let's just do it because we would never do them all and it's bad. I saw one, I'll do it. Luke from Luke. G'day, fellas. Wondering how you go about having saver bets or chopping out on runners and whether this is based on market movers or, inf- or an informed trainer, etc. Is this done to cover your original stake or to win a certain race? I spoke about my staking last week where I'm betting to win a certain amount based on my assessed price. Uh, I don't do saver bets. I just bet to win what, what the thing tells me to do to, to my assessed price. If I want to back said horse, don't always want to. Uh, I will have.
2: A You're a big saver
1: bet, man. Well, much bigger than most of us. Oh, yeah. It's one thing that I've
2: found that I feel comfortable doing because I'm like the well, – I'm going to try to say this politically correctly – is that sometimes the pool of jockeys that you bet into makes mapping races difficult? <laughs> um, but if I have a couple of horses that are that are bets um, on rated prices, and then adjust map, and I feel that one maps better than the other, um, I'll back one horse and have something on the on the other one. Um, it's like it's I don't know something I've always done, and it seems to work. I, I don't know, just a thing, whatever. Probably should do a little bit more analysis on it, but the analysis I did do was okay, so.
0: Mm. Yeah, horses for courses for me personally. I, I still need to be getting an overlay, but there might be, you know, maybe the map's a little bit more variable. It's like I think it will land in this spot, but there's every chance it doesn't. So I don't want to be having the full whack on, but I still have to respect it.
1: I suppose reason. what's important, and I'm not sure it's the same for you too, if, if you want to save a horse, say it's, and it's like if it's north of $30, I don't even think about it. If I've marked it 35s and it's 30s and I'm nervous about it because of any reason, that's a very small investment for my mental health. I'm more talking about horses sort of under $10. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, I, I'm not saving anything that's
0: double figures typically. I, they're always going to be winning results for me.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Alright, that's a deep dive What's on this week? I don't even know where I'm betting Okay so Please well, continue to support the team As we continue to provide you with that accountable betting advice Every single day of the week Jeez, Sunday was busy yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Still busy today <laughs> Curly joined us <laughs> For the first half overs totals Isn't it a ride? Nice Oh, yeah it's that was your such... first go, right? That was two Damn Sundays it. in a row. Mitchell Moses was one from five conversions. And then he did that to us yesterday. Mm-hmm. Kick off. No,
2: it was a good day on the sport and on the, um, on the racing too. It was a nice little Sunday fill-up. I'm looking forward to the weekly results. Geez, they must have been fat.
1: I think they are, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Um, anyway, week ahead for me, uh, we get, we're one step closer to the end of the carnival. God bless it. Dooban Wednesday, Sunshine Coast Friday. The Metropolitan Saturday meeting is at Ipswich this Saturday for Queensland, Ipswich Cup Day. Think of Geelong Cup, black slacks with white belts and white shoes. And white it, sunnies. Times it by 10. And everywhere. And then add a dash Big of Queensland
1: redneck. Add
2: a dash of Queensland redneck.
1: What sort of are they got- drinking?
2: Uh, there's a lot of there'd be a lot of Bundy rum tins. Oh yes, yeah. So lots <laughs> of fights. The you uh, please tune in and watch your race. Uh, the uh, uh, unless there's some kind of COVID restriction, the infield is normally just a tent, complete
1: circus. Oh fuck um, yes, I, I'm going to be. Like, like, I'm going to times one point five your units because I think Ipswich on a Saturday suits you better than even Doombin. I can't um, wait for that. Last
2: year we had a travelator rail, so I'll we'll be very mindful of that this week. Um, at the same time, we've got. Rockhampton is the provincial meeting, um, and Toowoomba Saturday night, and then Kilcoy Sunday. So, once again, we've had a loaded week.
1: Outstanding week here in Victoria, like proper week. Beautiful, beautiful car today at Mornington, where we're going to bet more than half the races. We'll look at Ballarat, but I doubt heaps then. But Royal Sandown Wednesday, Grouse, Warnable, find a maiden or two there then Geelong Friday, Flemington, Saturday, and Bendigo Sunday. Huge. Love those three tracks.
0: Can't wait. All your favorites right there. Uh, for the boys in New South Wales, Kenzo Wednesday, Wyong Thursday. Uh, Roden will be doing Kembler and Rose Hill on Saturday. Rob Scurry will be on course of Rose Hill on Saturday, obviously. And in Wester's best land, Belmont Wednesday, Northern Thursday. Belmont. Saturday,
1: and oh, I'm millions to be bidding at Kalgoorlie on Sunday. He said that he said that the other day, guys, and he still did. He's absolutely flying, Peter, and uh, that's as close to we get out of the mailbag to Dutch ruddering, but I've figured out what we could call it in the racing industry. It's a bubble bath. <laughs> because we're all inside the bubble, yelling to ourselves, and yeah, so yeah. many of us just scoop up our own bath water, and it's not really clear who's ruddering who. But everyone's ruddering somewhere.
2: I have lost count the amount of times I've got drunk on my own bathwater.
1: Oh, <laughs> but you're, you know, we're talking into the bubble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bubble bath, Dutch ruddering, that's racing. Bye for now.